Hey, I'm Christopher Schiefling. Thank you so much for joining me for Auscultation, a podcast in search of a humanities-based practice of healthcare. Today we're listening to excerpts from the novel Never Let Me Go by Kazuo Ishiguro, a Nobel Prize-winning author who was born in Japan and grew up in Britain. Excerpts from the novel Never Let Me Go by Kazuo Ishiguro It means a lot to me being able to do my work well, especially that bit about my donor staying calm. I've developed a kind of instinct around donors. I know when to hang around and comfort them, when to leave them to themselves, when to listen to everything they have to say, and when, just a shrug, and tell them to snap out of it. I know carers working now who are just as good and don't get half the credit. If you're one of them, I can understand how you might get resentful. Carers aren't machines. You try and do your best for every donor, but in the end, it wears you down. You don't have unlimited patience and energy, and sooner or later, a donor doesn't make it, even though, say, It's only the second donation, and no one anticipated complications. When a donor completes like that, out of the blue, it doesn't make much difference what the nurses say to you afterwards. For a while, at least, you're demoralized. Some of us learn pretty quick how to deal with it, but others, they never do. A lot of them, you can tell, are just going through the motions waiting for the day they're told they can stop. They don't know what to say to the white coats, and they can't make themselves speak up on behalf of their donor. No wonder they end up feeling frustrated and blaming themselves when things go wrong. I try not to make a nuisance of myself, but I've figured out how to get my voice heard when I have to. And when things go badly, of course I'm upset. But at least I can feel I've done all I could and keep things in perspective. Some thoughts on professional caregiving. Professional caregivers include nursing assistants and health aides working in nursing homes, hospitals, and patients' homes. Their responsibilities range from physically demanding jobs like transferring patients between beds, to viscerally displeasing tasks like cleaning fecal incontinence, to emotionally taxing hurdles like calming confused and agitated patients, to spiritually challenging work like providing companionship during the dying process. In the U.S., more than half of these caregivers are of ethnic or racial minorities, and 90% are women. A high proportion are immigrants who have been actively recruited from Latin America, Africa, the Philippines, and the Caribbean because of the shortage of U.S. citizens willing to do this work. While the circumstances surrounding the narrator's employment as a professional caregiver are highly fictional, the struggles she describes resonate deeply 
with the reality of the job. First, Ishiguro shows us the great complexity of the work. From seemingly providing psychotherapy, to coping with regular and unexpected deaths, to advocating for patients from the very bottom of the medical hierarchy, we see that this job requires tremendous patience and energy, as well as courage. Second, despite the many skills required to do such work, the narrator implicitly points out that there is inadequate training because there is so much that she has had to work out all on her own. As she says, I've developed a kind of instinct around donors. Some of us learn pretty quickly. I figured out how to get my voice heard. Unfortunately, many other carers aren't able to learn these skills by themselves. Insufficient education and resources are a frequent struggle for professional caregivers in the U.S. This is in large part due to the assumption that this is manual work requiring no training and is often explicitly labeled as, and I quote, unskilled labor. Third, as evidenced by this lack of training, carers are devalued. We hear that many don't get the credit they deserve, and there seems to be an assumption that they should be like machines. They clearly are not invited to express their thoughts on their patients, despite their intimate knowledge. Professional caregivers in the U.S. are similarly underappreciated. They are underpaid, underinsured, and overworked with heavy patient loads. The majority of professional caregivers experience racial discrimination and they are rarely invited to express their opinions. Half of nursing home administrators report they do not have time to work with nursing assistants as part of the team. Finally, just as Ishiguro describes carers who are just going through the motions, waiting for the day they're told they can stop, burnout and turnover is very high for professional caregivers, where turnover can be as high as 400%. This episode is brought to you by vulnerability. Vulnerability has been shown to be linked to wholehearted living. The key to connection, growth, and love, vulnerability requires courage and self-compassion. All this to say that paradoxically, with great vulnerability comes great power. So if you want strong backbones, ask yourself, got vulnerability? Some thoughts on burnout. Burnout is a syndrome characterized by emotional and physical exhaustion, depersonalization, and decreased accomplishment related to the work environment. Burnout is associated with absenteeism, turnover, depression, and worse patient care. While rates of burnout in professional caregivers have received relatively little attention compared to rates in nurses and doctors, estimates are that up to one in two caregivers suffer from this. In light of all the challenges these caregivers face, such a high prevalence of burnout is unfortunately not surprising. In this passage, 
Ishiguro presents a vivid portrayal of burnout. We hear about carers who are just going through the motions, blaming themselves, frustrated, resentful, demoralized, and worn down. As in this reading, their proximity to death and their marginal status within both society and healthcare play crucial roles to the burnout of professional caregivers. Some thoughts on culpability and agency. There seems to be contradictory expectations of the carers in this story. On the one hand, they have little agency. As discussed earlier, they have inadequate training, they are assumed to be like machines, and their perspective on patient care is unappreciated. On the other hand, they are left with a great sense of culpability. As the narrator observes, no wonder they end up feeling frustrated and blaming themselves when things go wrong. And we know by the very nature of the system, things always go wrong because, and I quote, sooner or later, a donor doesn't make it. In other words, despite having hardly any control, they bear a heavy sense of responsibility and guilt when their donors inevitably die. Professional caregivers in the U.S. face a similar trap, which has been highlighted by COVID-19. Although nursing home residents were at disproportionate risk for infection and mortality, making up 35% of deaths in the U.S. through March of 2021, they were still experiencing significant PPE shortages up to a year into the pandemic. And then, nursing homes had high rates of infection and mortality. They were blamed with the trope of being uncaring facilities where the elderly are forgotten. Exemplary of this coverage in the press is a recent New York Times article that bemoans the low rates of vaccination amongst nursing home staff, but yet does not interview a single professional caregiver. Facilities that have achieved high rates of vaccination have used a number of methods to support nursing assistants, such as giving ample opportunities to address their concerns about vaccine misinformation, giving time off to get vaccinated and for sick leave for side effects, and emphasizing the importance of vaccination for the health of their patients. Interestingly, the narrator seems to have found a way out of the jaws of this contradictory expectation. She explains, when things go badly, of course I'm upset, but at least I can feel I've done all I could and keep things in perspective. She seems to accept her limitations while at the same time finding avenues for agency, like opportunities for advocacy and talk therapy. By recognizing her lack of control, she avoids blaming herself and also avoids the pit of hopelessness by seizing opportunities to help her donors. If the problem is a social assumption of responsibility without agency, then the solution is the personal assumption of power without guilt. While this individual perspective has staved off burnout for a while, eventually it catches up with her. As she says, But in the end... It wears you down. You don't have unlimited patience and energy. Ultimately, 
the system is set up for burnout. Mindfulness and an emphasis on personal wellness only go so far. Changes at the level of the entire system, especially those focused on professional caregivers, are needed to have a meaningful impact on burnout in healthcare. Excerpts from the novel Never Let Me Go by Kazuo Ishiguro. It means a lot to me being able to do my work well, especially that bit about my donor staying calm. I've developed a kind of instinct around donors. I know when to hang around and comfort them, when to leave them to themselves, when to listen to everything they have to say, and when, just a shrug, and tell them to snap out of it. I know carers working now who are just as good and don't get half the credit. If you're one of them, I can understand how you might get resentful. Carers aren't machines. You try and do your best for every donor, but in the end, it wears you down. You don't have unlimited patience and energy, and sooner or later, a donor doesn't make it, even though, say, It's only the second donation, and no one anticipated complications. When a donor completes like that, out of the blue, it doesn't make much difference what the nurses say to you afterwards. For a while, at least, you're demoralized. Some of us learn pretty quick how to deal with it, but others, they never do. A lot of them, you can tell, are just going through the motions waiting for the day they're told they can stop. They don't know what to say to the white coats, and they can't make themselves speak up on behalf of their donor. No wonder they end up feeling frustrated and blaming themselves when things go wrong. I try not to make a nuisance of myself, but I've figured out how to get my voice heard when I have to. And when things go badly, of course I'm upset. But at least I can feel I've done all I could and keep things in perspective. Never Let Me Go by Kazuo Ishiguro was published in 2005 by Vintage Books. You can find show notes for this episode at anauscultation.wordpress.com If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, follow, and share to help others find out about us too. Until next month, be kind and live the questions.